Hey everybody, superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Love Line, episode 563 from November 25th, 1997. A Tuesday night show with guest Marcy Playground. An official studio tape replacing the previous fan files, now airing in proper order in the feed. This was first presented over a year ago as a Thanksgiving show to air out of sequence. Then when the feed was restructured, it somehow moved in position. Now it's in its proper place. If you've been listening to Classic Love Line since the beginning, it's possible you've heard this one before. The band Marcy Playground also guested on the MTV show, and they might have another lost visit uh, from the radio show but from 99 or 2000. I think there actually is one. We'll know soon enough. Once again, Marcy Playground, Classic Love Line 563, recorded in 1997. Some of the medical information may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Cathwood on Current Day Love Line, 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all our favorite podcasts. Mahalo and get on. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. <sighs> Two. Welcome with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Would you sleep with sick women? I may be pregnant, but I'm still a man. Spank the unruly ones. It's indecent, it's vulgar, it's blasphemous. You're gonna ride you till you can't stand up. Come on, come on, let's go down. All right, all right, keep your shirt on. Love Line's meant for an adult audience. Love Line may contain sexually oriented content. Listener discretion is advised. Here's Love Line with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. Yes, phone number 1-800-LFEE-191, fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carolla. That's Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew is a board-certified physician and addiction medicine specialist. Just uh, limbering up for the show, are you not, Drew? Yeah, I'm just thinking we spent too much time together already today. Yeah, yeah, that's enough. We did the Keenan show for the fifteenth uh, time tonight, and that uh, we were in and out. Well, we we're on stage for about uh, four uh, seconds. Rabbit's heartbeat, but uh, of course we had to get there an hour and a half early, as per usual. This town uh, needs to separate the doctors from the rappers. Yeah, uh, rappers need to be there an hour and a half early so they can. Uh, flush the chronic out of their system and get them to stop beating their girlfriend with their cell phone long enough to get out on stage. Doctors sh- doctors just need to show up before they need to get up on stage. Yeah. A- am I right, Drew? Yes, that's what I tried telling them tonight. I live, uh, Marcy Playground is here, Dylan and John are both here. I, I live um, about eight minutes away from the studio where Keenan is filmed, and the reason I know it so well is because that's where we film the TV show. And um, granted, it is about eight feet further away because it's not in the same studio. It's across the the alley. Across the alley, yeah. But I know how long it takes to get from my house. We're supposed to be there at 445, which I know already is an hour and 15 minutes before the show even begins. And we ain't the first band up. Or I should say, (laughs) the first act up. True, we should start a band, though. You should. All right. Uh, Okay. Okay, the point is is, uh, they want to pick me up at uh, 4 o'clock. Uh, 45 minutes to coast down Beachwood Canyon? Uh, I don't think so. It takes about 8 minutes. Okay, 4.15. And then it turns into a big bartering thing, like I'm trying to buy a, a piñata in, in Guadalajara. You know? Uh, how about 4.20? I'm telling you, it takes 8 minutes to get there, and when we do get there, we're going to be sitting on our ass for an hour. How about if the guy shows up at 4.15, but you don't have to come out until 4.30? Right, right. All right. Well, how about the guy shows up at 4.30, and I come out <laughs> drunk and nude at 5? So uh, we got there promptly at, at 4.45, and uh, then we sat 
around. Uh, hit the stage about 6.15? Six six, at least, yeah. All right, so uh, do the math. Hour and a half of uh, small talk with agents. In eating those, uh, oh, that got awful kiwi and cut up fruit. <laughs> so hard. Sweaty deli tray. Actually, they do it upright. Our TV show, uh, you get a handful of kittle, uh, Skittles uh, shot at you through a pump-action shotgun, and that's about it. And tap water, warm tap water. These other shows, they have the whole the whole platter. I don't know where they get the, the caterers money. there. Yeah. All right, let's talk about uh, Marcy Playground for a second. I I'll tell you what I want to do. I want to play. The song that everybody knows you by, at least as far as I know, before we get started, because there's nothing worse than uh, listening to a radio show and going, Marcy Playground, what the hell song do they sing? Now we'll play the song, and then they'll go, oh yeah, yeah, I like that song, and then they'll turn like you, and then they'll hang on every word when we come back and discuss uh, your upbringing and stuff like that. Great. Is that good? Great. Okay. All right. Uh, what, what's the name of that song? <laughs> you know, I was really rolling right along. Ah, yes, yes. Here's the one. Sex and Candy. Yeah, mama, this surely is a dream. Yeah. Yeah, mama, this must be my dream. That is Sex and Candy from Marcy Playground. Now you know who they are. And I, I was told... The song just went to top ten, mm-hmm. or the or the CD went top ten. The song, mm-hmm. I believe that's what I heard at least. That's good then, we right? Just see it on that's paper, good. really. I don't know how, how they track that. Just how many times a song is played in the uh, on radio stations? There's a company that, yeah. that is paid to track every single time it's, it's called, played throughout the country. It's called the Psychic Friends Network. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a, is that SoundScan? Yeah. Is that what that is? Yeah. And do you guys get money for each time something's played? No like, comment. Yeah. So you got like. Is this working? Okay. It, it's on and All off. Right, sorry. It's intermittent. It's uh, when 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 you have something intelligent to say, it'll work fine. Sure. Okay. <laughs> oh. Oh. Right. <laughs> oh my. Yeah, Mike, I'm just okay. All right. So uh, we're talking before the uh, before we fired up the show here, if that's what you want to call it. Now put that down, Drew. About uh, the guys and myself, we both have a, a kinship. It is the kinship of non-education <laughs> in an alternative setting. We yeah. uh, we were unlucky enough to be born in the um, '60s. For me, it was the uh, mid '60s. For you guys, late '60s, early '70. '70. And you guys yeah. went to the uh, alternative schools. Which uh, I had the chance to go to. You both went there, right, Dylan? Yeah, went there yeah, as well. yeah. I went to a different. I don't understand. How could you go to one of those schools and not learn anything? Uh, we didn't have to. I mean, if you take a your average seven or eight year old and tell them, look, you have your choice. You can either um, learn phonics, or you can chuck dirt clods at horses' asses and hope that they buck off whoever's on top of them. Well, you know, what are you going to pick? Phonics. <laughs> no, see, that must have been something that, uh, that must be a bad gene you got past then. <laughs> your your dad's an intelligent guy, right? Yeah. He's a psychologist. Yeah. So you may have had that. I have that uh, slacker gene. My gene is... Oh, I've uh, got that too. But my, that comes from my mom's side, so... My folks used to give me uh, kids' books about people who sued other people. <laughs> 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 and then uh, sat back and just got fat. <laughs> That'd be a good idea. Like a Mad- Madeline wins the lottery. Food stamp, stamp Franny, and uh, yeah, Madeline wins the lottery, and uh, oh. uh, Betsy uh, fakes a hip injury at Vons. I think was uh, one of them. It's a it's a long title. Bob Bar- Bob Bar- Didn't you have for like, divorce. <laughs> Bob Bar- <laughs> Bar- <laughs> Celeste. 
Didn't you have like chinchillas or guinea pigs or something that you could learn biology from? Um, no, this we didn't. We... Is a head. Yeah, you know there's I mean? uh, there's where the food goes in. Uh, that's where the poop comes out. We had like here's what we had. We had a, a morning sing along. Um, this is probably I'm now at the age when I was like seven, twelve, seven, twelve. seven, eight, nine. I did just pure just run around a ranch barefoot and chuck dirt clods. Then they said it's time uh, for this guy to learn the uh, fundamentals about um, about you know uh, bizarre religions and whatnot. So we all did they, sat did they around. Did they study you as a wild child or anything? Was that, no. Was that no? They made a movie about you. Hey, shut Drew's mic off, would you, Mike? Thank you. Okay, <laughs> enough of that trying to be entertaining. So we'd sit around in a circle while a big uh, chubby red-haired guy named Rick would play the guitar and we'd all sing like uh, low bridge everybody down low bridge cuz we're coming to town. everyone and you always know your I'm neighbor. You, you learned know? something. Yeah, I knew the Eric Canal song. You know, you got a duck when the low bridge I didn't learn. I didn't learn anything and then I went to uh, public school and uh, I just took a beating because I couldn't read. And uh, you yeah. guys learned to read? Uh, yeah, but we still took beatings. Yeah, I couldn't spell. I still can't spell. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you you were like, did you take a beam because you're like hi hippie free child? Yeah. Mike's on the phone. Don't bother him over there. Thank you. Did you, you take abuse because you're like hippie child? Yeah, definitely. I think it's horrible. I'll tell you what, the, the brain is so plastic early on. I mean, the reason Mozart was Mozart is his dad had on the piano at three. And you lose all that opportunity. And the opportunity, for, and not only do you lose the time and the opportunity, but also there... There's no capacity. You sort of lose opportunity to learn certain things. Well, you learn the ability to learn. No, in a, in a way. no. There actually is a plasticity huh? of the biology God, that sounded of the brain. Great. No. What are you no, talking you're, about? That the brain. There's certain things that you, as your brain is growing, if you don't imprint it with the learning mechanisms like music or language, mm -hmm. and you you mature past that that opportunity, you can never learn it again. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. But what I'm saying is, is for me personally. I never learned how to learn. I mean, Even by, that, by yeah. the time I got to the sixth grade, uh, that was it. I didn't know how to sit down and study anything or do any homework uh, or you know, but, dedicate myself in any way. Who says that that's learning how to learn? I mean, you, you know how to learn. You're born with the knowledge of, of learning. I mean, you know how to learn. You're just born with that inherently. It's just a matter of actually going out and having the motivation of doing it. And if you quash that when you're in third grade or second grade or whatever, you know, forget about it. I well, had, I mean... You know, I, I, I'm I'm an advocate of the alternative school system. You oh, know, you are. Learn at your own pace. There's a ceiling, you know, not having a ceiling to your learning. I mean, an A limits you to an A. Right. You can never advance past that A. <laughs> right. That's I never, if you could get an A. never really yeah. thought about that. <laughs> I, 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 for those people who can make it. Substitute, uh, substitute uh, A for D, and uh, now now I'm on board. <laughs> no, I, then I got to public school, and it was one big chain-link fence, and uh, every guy had a crew cut and was named Bobby. And uh, here's the thing I figured out from uh, public school. The whole goal, I thought, for the first year of public school was to hit other people with a utility ball. Every game... <laughs> out on the schoolyard is based around cleaning out some guy with a ball. Yeah. It's either you're doing dodgeball or you're doing socko or you're doing something where it's basically you go out in the yard, there's uh, 20 of you begin the game and only one is left because everyone else has uh, been nailed in the head with a ball. See, that's California. We grew up in Minneapolis where it's all ice balls and snowballs. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. 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 At least you guys had, uh, had, had seasons and... in hockey and uh, ice fishing. <laughs> yeah, it hit yeah. someone with a the puck. There was always hitting going on. <laughs> 
All right, so uh, Marcy Playground is going to be here all night, and we are going to go to the phones, and uh, we'll get back to the record and all that uh, all that business as the night wears on. Becky. Hi. Hey, you're 18. What's going on? Um, I'm bisexual, and uh, my parents recently found out, mm. and they have a real problem with it. How did they find out? Uh, they were reading some notes and stuff. Mm -hmm. And by bisexual, what do you yeah. mean? You f keep notes on your heterosexuality drill, no. by the way? Not usually. No, it right. was notes from uh, my present girlfriend at the time. Mm -hmm. and, and you were having sex with her? No. No. It wasn't but exactly having sex, but it just said stuff that obviously led to the fact that I was bisexual. And my parents are, you know, my dad's Irish and my mom's Italian, so they're real strict against stuff like that. Mm -hmm. what, I, what I was wondering is um, if you could give me some advice on how to deal with it, because... You know, sometimes they give me, you know, a real hard time about it, and they call me a dyke and stuff like that. Ooh, God. And, I mean, I'm not. I'm bi. I mean, I like guys and girls. What a nightmare Just for a parent, because you don't want your kid to have sex with anybody. Yeah. Now they're having sex with everybody. Have you had sex with anybody? What's that? Have you actually had sex with somebody? Anybody? With a girl? With either boy or girl? Both. And, and how old were you when you started having sex? Sixteen. Anything happened before that? No. You live at home? Uh-huh. And what, what is with your parents that they feel, I mean, that they would feel comfortable calling you names? Is that sort of uh, the way that they... That whole dyke thing would not fly in the free-range school. <laughs> no, it would not. But is that the way they treat you generally? They've always been abusive that way? Yeah, sort of. I mean, you know, they're good parents and everything, but, you know, they just, they want, they think life should be a certain way, and if you're not, if you don't do that, then there's something wrong with you. What, uh, what's going on in the background there? I'm working. Oh, where are you working? Amico. No, is it a gas station? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. I don't know, it's like a Midwest thing or something. I don't think we have those out here. No. Yeah. We have Mohawks. No. Uh, all right, so... Uh, Sinclair. Do you have ethyl and stuff, and purple and stuff like that? What's that? Okay. All right, listen. Becky, you sure you didn't... Whenever I hear about a parent uh, finding a note or finding yes. a diary, yes. I always think uh, they wanted them to find out on some level. Because yeah. you know when you really don't want someone to find something out, and it's horribly important that they don't find something out, you, you, you take precautions. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, it's just that when I was younger, I did drugs a lot, so my parents used to, like, ransack my room. Yeah. One day they just decided to ransack my room because they thought I was still doing drugs. And they, you know, I had, you know, these notes hidden real well. Well, what were the drugs you were doing? Uh, just like pot, acid. Okay. That's about it. What What's up with you that, you that you're constantly in this sort of state of seeking relief from something unpleasant? You're like searching. What's that? What, what's going on? Why, why is life so unpleasant to you? Why do you have to always be searching? Why are you, uh, why are you searching, Drew, if you're a lesbian? I mean, uh, bisexual. I, she just seems to me ambivalent and confused and uh, avoidant and unhappy, and she's got these parents that are abusive. Well, where do you live? What state? Bensonville. What state is that? No, Illinois. Oh, well... <laughs> The middle of See what that uh, free school duty? <laughs> he was thinking about pottery. <laughs> uh, he was thinking about uh, hydroponics just, and pottery. No, Becky, look, Becky. I was did. just curious because it's the middle of the country. It's not a progressive, you know. It's probably not a progressive town like you know, say New York or L.A. It's really she's boring. probably she's probably afraid of the fact that you know she's only 18 years old and she's you know finding out they're discovering that she's bisexual. Are you afraid of like? Are you afraid of, of my it? parents? Yeah. Well, of your parents and your friends and everything. No, I'm not. I'm proud of what I am. 
Mm -hmm. I don't have a problem with it at all. That's great. All right. Well, well good. listen, Becky, there's something going on with you that's a little bit more than the bisexual thing with right. the drug pass. There's something going on here. But yeah. here's the situation. If your parents are the way they are and uh, the, uh, the, the uh, cat's out of the bag, you got to just basically save your money and get, get the out. hell out that's of there. That's right. That, but the reaction your parents have give us a clue as to what it is you might be dealing with that you're feeling so badly about now. Yeah. yeah. You know what we're saying, Becky? Yeah. All right. Thank All right, you. so save your money and get out of there. Yeah, I'm All trying. Right. All right, good. Uh, there's something going on with her, but I couldn't quite no, uh, she wasn't put my finger on it. No. You think something happened to her? I either yes or those parents are more abusive. If we'd asked her things like we ever struck, oh, just like anybody else. This right. is, they were good parents, but they abused me. And that's, that's well, that. what what uh, what father calls her uh, daughter a dyke? Yeah, yeah. that's bizarre. Unless he's yeah. kidding around, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Suzanne, you're 13. What's going on? Hi, Adam. Hi, Dr. Drew. Hey. Um, I I just want to say first, I love the show. I listen to you guys on the radio. I saw you guys on Keenan tonight. I loved your thing about the wedding, trying to get guys to get married really quickly. Oh, that thing aired tonight? Yeah, we thought it was going to be on tomorrow night. I just heard it was going to be on tonight. No, I saw it tonight. Yeah. Oh, those idiots over there. I know. I told me this thing's going to air tomorrow night. Yeah. It was anyway. funny. Well, i got to go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. so Adam's going to have a big Super Bowl party tonight. <laughs> Thrown by his girlfriend. What does that mean? It's kind of everything. <laughs> Okay, well, well uh, hold on. Let me explain so as not to confuse people now. I have this theory. I've, I've said it on the air once or twice, but it came up tonight when a woman said she was dating a guy for five years and wanted to know how to get married to the guy. And it seems to me that in this society, a lot of women have difficulty getting guys to commit to the marriage. Mm -hmm. Yet, there's a lot of stupid guys out there who will basically commit to uh, uh, many things, just not the marriage. And I'm trying to figure out why, because guys are stupid. They don't look down the road five years in relationships <laughs> and stuff like that. Why don't they want to get married so badly? And I'm thinking, well, what is the marriage, the actual ceremony the wedding. itself? The wedding. Uh, uh, the, I'm sorry, the wedding. You have to, A, go out and spend money uh, on jewelry, which mm -hmm. guys can't stand because there's no more worthless way to spend money than jewelry, except for flowers, which is another thing you got to spend money on. A it dress. Takes, takes place in church, right? Yeah. yeah some and of these nice dresses clothes. are like three grand for a dress yeah. that is worn once, and they always give that crap where they go... Well, no, 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 honey. Now it's an investment. I know it's thirty-six hundred dollars for the dress, but our daughter our is going to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, where's? Why aren't you wearing your mom's? Are you kidding? That pile ass. Uh, yeah, go get mom's dress out. Or or her investment. Or, or, yeah. So what about that investment? So it's the dress. Then they get the bridesmaids. These are all the women you can't stand seeing. They're all going to be there, all dressed as one big one, so they can gang up on you like a like a like a rugby team or something. Then, uh, so it's the church, it's uh, her family, it's your family. Then it's all. Then it's what guys hate most, which is it's the ultimate uh, public display of affection. Yeah. Right there, you are in front of God, uh, your family, her family, and all your buddies <laughs> watching you uh, give the vows. Commit, and commit to and behaving right. Commit to behaving right, and in in your you know they, you're stuffed into a rented suit and everything. And I thought to myself. It's the ceremony that guys try to avoid like hell. Like, like yeah. I would hate the ceremony that I just described. Sounds like the most painful thing I could ever go through. Mm -hmm. So I decided if you women are serious about getting guys to marry you, change the ceremony. Um, instead of a you know wedding ring, go with like a Super Bowl ring. 
It wouldn't <laughs> actually have to be a Super Bowl ring, but it could be a nice uh, simulated, some six, seven hundred bucks. Have a big celebrity there that the guy was into, uh, Mike Ditka or Franco Harris or some... Uh, <laughs> some some uh, uh, Chuck, Chuck Foreman for you guys, uh, from yeah, Minneapolis, yeah. Oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Right, uh, Fran Tarkington, yeah. something, hey, something like it. that, they're right? Ready. Not they're right, ready, man. Have, the, thing, have the ceremony at a place that the guy enjoys. Uh, could be ice fishing, uh, burgers and beer, out on the you know catering. frozen Lake Huron or something, or it's some sort of truck pull or, or custom van and RV show or chili cook-off, you know, and have it have it involved and don't have any uh, limit her friends to one and make it some sort of non-denominational uh, religion where uh, like I said uh, someone um, someone like Captain Steubing would pres provi preside over the, the the whole ceremony you know right. make it into a guy's day guys are stupid enough to do it just for the simulated Super Bowl ring <laughs> just to meet um, uh, Chuck Foreman they would do it right yeah absolutely all right now see hey, a big six-foot sub sandwich and a couple of pony kegs and I bet guys would be running and then, then they'd be making plans for it. The guys would begin making the plans. It would be huge. All right, so there's a certain genius there, isn't there, Drew? Certain. Who, who the hell Suzanne, after the, after the break. Oh, after the break? Yeah. And Suzanne? Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk to you after the break, all right? Okay. All right, hang on. We'll be back with uh, more Drew, more Marcy Playground, and more you after this. I don't think they're aware of how much they suck. Hey, that's not very nice. You kiss my mother with that mouth. I mean, your mother. Love line, I'll be right back. All right, everybody. True Car, you know how much I love these guys and their app. I spend uh, a lot of time on it. And it's a way to see exactly what's going on in your area. You pick a car, learn about the cars, and see what people are paying for the very car, the exact car you want. You know, there was previous ways to buy cars. You went and hang out on a lot. Now technology evolves, everything evolves, buying cars evolves, it advances. It makes sense that there's a new and better way to buy a car. Well, that's now called True Car. The True Car app is special, unique. Their certified dealer network is unsurpassed. They've partnered with over 10,000 True Car certified dealers that believe in a new way to buy a car. It's hassle-free, it's easy, it's fun. Use the True Car app. You can get guaranteed savings. True Car certified dealers will honor the savings that are guaranteed and locked in at TrueCar on your TrueCar app. It is that simple. TrueCar and TrueCar certified dealers. And using TrueCar certified dealers, you will save an average of $3,221 off MSRP. No headaches, no hassle. It's fun. And if you don't even want to buy a car, you just want to learn about it, check out the app. Two million cars sold through TrueCar certified dealer network, and you will work directly with the certified dealer contact. It is easy. It's evolved. It's technology. It's made simple. It's about time. Hi, this is Glenn. And I'm Randy from Toe the Wet Sprocket. And you're listening to Loveline with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Adam Carolla. God, so sexy. Hey, that's cool. <laughs> Adam Carolla is just the sexiest name on earth. Well, I haven't heard that one. No. I knew I liked those, those guys. guys. Yeah, those are good values of ours also. Oh, they are? Yeah. yeah I, uh, I've i always thought they're really cool musically. Mm -hmm. And uh, then we met them. Total a-hole. No, <laughs> they uh, turned out to be real nice guys, yeah. which was uh, nice. But I always thought uh, Toad was a really neat band. I always thought they uh, played uh, good music. Yeah. Marcy Playground is here. Dylan and uh, John from the band. Drew, what do you want to Hi, everybody. 
<laughs> just the line, just in case. Okay. You... Oh, in case I was going to go to right. number one? Okay, no, I'll go to number uh, two. Suzanne? Okay, my question for Dr. Drew. Yes, ma'am. Um, like, I wanted to know if you go to a gynecologist and, like, they check you to see if you're a virgin or not, and they find out, um, are they, could they keep it private or do they have to tell your parents? Uh, at 14 in most states, they have to keep it private. Wait a minute, isn't that what the bullhorn in the uh, examining and, room is for? And you need to understand uh, that when you go to a doctor at a, after a certain age, this is your physician, and the physician is bound by law to keep things absolutely confidential unless you explicitly instruct him or her to do otherwise. So they have to keep that confidential? They cannot divulge anything about the care or the experience. Unless, mm -hmm. unless the individual is threatening to hurt themselves or somebody but else. But you know, uh, Drew, when your daughter goes in uh, for a checkup uh, 10 years from now, there's going to be a little palm greasing going on between you and the gynecologist, uh, isn't there? What'd you find? No. My memory's not so good, yeah? <laughs> Maybe 20 will help you jog it loose <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. It was kind of dark. I, I, uh, I, have, I couldn't have quite make it out. <laughs> yeah, there's another 20. Uh, lighten things up a little in there. To my yeah, knowledge, I don't have any peers that have done anything where they've developed. Yeah, but stuff you give them that. You give them that one doctor to another thing, no, right? No, never have seen that, and mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to get involved in that. It's that's such poor boundary management. It's, it's just so you know, intrusive. 60 bucks just to find out what's going on. Hey, look, if it's not good. Mm -hmm. Unless unless you were in some kind of a horrible situation where somebody was in danger and you had to just uh, even then the, the, if that were the I case I gotta believe you do that, Drew. No, I really do. Keep it confidential. I mean, they cannot tell. They Why? What's unless, going on with you? I'm just asking. Are you a virgin now? No. What? How long did you lose your virginity? Um, thirteen. And with mm. how old a guy? You're thirteen now, right? Thirteen. How old is the guy? Fourteen. Jesus. Wow. What's going on over there? Uh, what? Um, you're thirteen now, though, right? Mm -hmm. Sister? Uh, so how long ago did you lose your virginity? Uh, about a month. Oh, okay. And uh, is, it, is this your boyfriend? Mm-hmm. Did you use protection, or are you using protection? Yeah. yeah. You are? What are you guys doing? Um, just that. <laughs> what? Just having sex. No, how are you protecting yourselves? From oh, you? condom. Okay. Mm. And then I'm not on birth control. I'm not on the pill yet. Okay. Well, again, it's in some I don't know how, how it goes in some states, but 13 might be of an age where somebody could hear about it. Okay. Who's coming in? No, I'm talking to my brother. Sorry. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, how is this guy? How long did you know him before you had sex with him? Um, probably about seven months. Huh? Did you meet when you were twelve? Uh, yeah. No, I was still thirteen. I'm gonna be fourteen. She's been thirteen for fourteen months now. <laughs> no, seven months ago. <laughs> okay. You know. <laughs> All right. Listen, please uh, use protection. Okay. Would you please? Okay. I don't know what you're going to look forward to, by the way, uh, having sex on a regular basis at 13 years old. Are you having sex on a regular basis? No. No. Just the once? Uh, twice. Twice. You didn't like it? Uh, it was all right. <laughs> okay, so a retainer lock or something? Or what? You're not going to do it anymore? Um, no, probably. I have yet to talk to somebody that, have, a female, that had sex before the age of 15 that didn't regret it. Yeah. And or, it doesn't, doesn't sound like something you particularly enjoy, right? It's the, not an important really thing to you. Or liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Suzanne? Yeah. This isn't a good thing for you. If you don't like doing it, don't do it. Okay. All right. Okay, thanks. All right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't mean you're cool. You know, I mean, you can still be cool. And yeah. I what what are you in the eighth? In the ninth? What are you eighth in the eighth grade? grade? The eighth grade. Jeez, oh, I didn't even think. I wasn't even masturbating in the eighth grade. I was, uh, 
I was focusing on others masturbating. I wasn't even I wasn't even <laughs> thinking about sex. Sitting around the campfire to... listening to stories of lore. Yeah, my my uh, sexual thoughts went from um, uh, no sexual thoughts to thinking about other people masturbating to realizing I should start thinking about other people having sex so that I could then masturbate to that <laughs> instead to actually masturbating myself. And then the toothbrush arrived. Uh, <laughs> I had an experience with an electric toothbrush when I was young. Oh, uh, man. It was nothing, uh, nothing bizarre. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was relatively bizarre. <laughs> it was but bizarre that a friend of yours instructed you to use it and how to use it. Well, it wasn't. I didn't put it in my ass or anything. That's all, all I'm saying. I'm just saying. Well, my first experience came late in life, at 16, when a friend of mine, uh, who was uh, shocked and horrified that I'd never masturbated, he was amazed. He was like, uh, "What the? He, he actually hit me. Oh, what are you doing? What are you thinking about?" I said, uh, so I don't he gave know. you an electric toothbrush? I said, "I don't know how to masturbate." He said, uh, "Oh boy, uh, let's listen. Okay, here, take this electric toothbrush, uh, put it on your penis, and just sit on that toilet." I'll be back in like an hour. And I was like, <laughs> all right. Uh, how's it going in there? Nothing. Well, st uh, start thinking about more sex. All right. Let me focus. You done? I got to go to the bathroom. And uh, nothing's happening. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> and uh, there it was. Uh, 16. Of course, I've been on a tear ever since. <laughs> I mean, this came this close to marrying the toothbrush, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I want oh. to make an honest toothbrush. <laughs> the toothbrush's uh, father found out about us and insisted uh, that we get married. All right, so uh, squeeze the crest right out of me. All right, uh, Donnie, thanks for bringing that up, by the way, Drew. Oh, you're quite welcome. <laughs> humiliating me that way. Hi, Adam. Hi, Drew. Yeah, 26. Yeah. Um, all right, I guess this question would be for uh, Drew. Yeah. Um, yeah, well... See, uh, I guess, well, it's about a heroin addiction. Mm -hmm. I guess I should uh, start from the beginning. You know, you pretty much want a background history type thing. Um, all right, I guess uh, I had my, I drank when I was first about, like, three years old. Mm -hmm. had my first drink. And I first used, a, like, a drug substance when I was about six, just marijuana. And, you know, gradually it got worse and, like, cocaine. And oh, then. wait a minute. Did you say you used marijuana when you were six? Yeah, just marijuana. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I know. It does sound a little little odd. How do you even, uh, how'd you get hold of marijuana at six? Oh, well, All I right. snuck across the, the court to my friend's house. This was like in 1977 or something. Oh, yeah. Back then, all the kindergarten folks were, there's the joints would just be passed around kindergarten. Yeah, well, we stole some from my buddy's mom, you know? Right, the parents. Sitting up in his room. Always the parents. And yeah, at six, you knew how to, like, roll it and smoke it and... Well, no, we, well, I'm well, 33, I can't well. roll it. You hold a gun to me, I couldn't roll a joint. Like a Woody Allen trying to roll a joint. She, she had a bowl It was, like, packed in this little wooden box, and we just pulled it out and smoked it. And she was so stoned, you know, she didn't even know, uh, she didn't, she totally forgot about it. So could you inhale and stuff at six? I don't even... Oh, God, I got stoned off my mind for, like, a day. Oh, my God. So how did it progress? What were you going to say? Well, see, it progressed into, uh... Like a cocaine addiction, I got, you know, I got addicted on crack for a while. All right, it, it sort of doesn't matter. You're strong on the heroin now. However you get there, you're there. Yeah, all right, yeah. And um, basically, I just wanted to uh, I just wanted to ask you some of your opinions on, uh, you know, a, an effective way of, you know, kicking the habit and staying off. I know you said it's a... It's a very, very... You have a lifetime of addiction. You basically... I know, it's going to be... Your, your brain actually was... was 
not given the opportunity to develop emotionally because of the intoxication with substances. So when you get off drugs, you're basically going to be emotionally coping with the emotional development of about an 11-year-old. And it's very difficult, very painful to try to manage in life as, as an adult with not any of the biological or emotional skills to do that. So that's one thing you're going to have to deal with. And that takes, again, many months, if not years, to sort of come up into the present, to develop into an adult off drugs. The other thing is because the, the, the only way you know to avoid negative feelings is to reach for a substance, the tendency to do that is going to be extremely powerful. So you're going to need to be in an environment where you can't do that, like a highly structured living environment with other people with the same problems. Like prison? No, like yeah. like a sober living or well, a residential a treatment. Structured environment and that, with and that will probably problems. be about a year or more in order for you really successfully to get off the drugs. And you're going to have to learn the process of recovery, which is a new way of sort of coping with bad feelings, processing through old feelings that might have been motivating the use, and helping you deal with the fact that now you're all, not only all these other issues going on, but the biology of having been saturated with these drugs for so long, just that in itself makes discomfort extremely difficult to tolerate. Hey, Donnie? Yeah? Are you going to do some of that stuff? And most heroin addicts, by the way, are totally preoccupied with just getting off the drugs, which is the easiest thing of all. Yeah, getting off the drug is no problem. I understand that. I've kicked it before, but, right. you know... It's it's just like it calls you back. It's weird. Yes, it, it it is a negative. People who have been off it for a few months will describe the feeling of, of being of a sense of loss, mm -hmm. like you mm -hmm. lost a loved one or something, and you know exactly where the relief of that pain is. And yeah, like the brain's trying to trick you back into using. Absolutely, it, it will. It mm -hmm. will trick you back. Quite literally, trick you back into using. It does too. And you have to be involved in some degree of structure, or it will. Re there will be relapse. All right. So what's his first move? Go somewhere where you can detox and then stay in a residential program with the primary 12-step approach to recovery for Wait, I have an 12 months. I have an alternative plan. Uh, Donnie? Yeah? Can you play the guitar at all? <laughs> I'll play the bass. All right. right on. There you go. Start a band. Start a band, huh? You'll be worshipped. Uh, I got something. You guys were talking about, um, I guess, producer Ann getting breast enlargement on the last, in last show and talking about how insurance doesn't pay for it. Right. Well, I've, I know this girl. She actually had breast enlargements put in from medical assistance. She had to actually go through a, a psychiatrist thing. You know, she said she was depressed, going to kill herself because over her her small breasts. It's a good angle. Yeah, and she actually got this. You know, the, the medical assistance. Annie, listening. You just got to claim you're depressed. Yeah, that's good. That's beautiful. I may kill myself over the size of my penis. <laughs> there, there. It's noted. Uh, what's the date, Drew? I figure I can play in for another six months, and then I go in and get some sort of augmentation, uh, the state-funded uh, penis augmentation. Maybe they could just hand you a bunch of money to help you get over your depression. Oh, please. You know, I know this isn't a very good segue, but, like, <clears throat> I, have, I have a pretty acute depression and have for years, and I take Zoloft for that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's um, I, I'm not recommending that everybody rush out and, and get it, but, like, I didn't, I never thought about, you know, actually going to a doctor and talking to a doctor about my problems. And um, and that there was actually something maybe physically wrong with me. And, when uh, when did you go in? I went in about six months ago, and uh, he gave me a questionnaire, talked to me for about an hour and a half. Um, Depression is highly treatable. Yeah, yeah. highly treatable. Zoloft yeah. is a very safe, mild medication, and they can. And the, the, if people have what's safer though, Zoloft or breast shop? I mean, in the long Zoloft. Run. Okay. Or what? Breast, breast job. job. Breast job. Oh. <laughs> I yeah, didn't no. mean to. I'm not trying to make fun of your pain. Uh, 
<laughs> just no, trying it's, to it's, just trying to lighten it up and uh, move it along. I think a lot of people that I've tried to you know ex explain this to, they're like, well, you know, but you're a musician, you're a creative person, doesn't that wreck that? No, you know? and it doesn't at all. No, I just need that to be clear, like. You know, a lot of people think. Well, I, it's gonna, that's like the person saying, "I can only, I can only create when I'm when strung I, out on heroin or but smoking a lot pot." Of people, but a lot of people, especially people strung out on heroin, think that. That's yeah. why they, they think. That's not the reality. Artists. A lot, of, a lot of heroin addicts look to artists who are also strung out. You know. All right. Um, so, hey, we got a break, John. We got a yeah, break. Yeah, They're um, joint jumping jacks. Engineer right. Mike, I wanted you to put that on a cart, but uh, what did I, I guess say? We don't have that capability. Uh, you just said you can only uh, create when you're strung out on heroin, ah. and I thought, wouldn't that be great to hear out of context at some later point oh, wow. uh, in the show, either uh, tonight or uh, in, in uh, nights nights beyond? All right. Anyway, um, John, we'll uh, get into this because uh, a little more when we come back. Uh, we got Marcy Playground here tonight, and we'll be back after this. I don't go in for these backdoor shenanigans. Shenanigans. Sex, drugs, rock and roll. Shenanigans. Chips, dips, chains, whips. Shenanigans. High school orgy type of thing. Bob Ryan, I'll be right back. Shenanigans. So, who was on back and forth with Sean and Larry King this week? Donald Trump. Hi, Sean. Hello, Larry. Hear the Republican presidential frontrunner answering questions. What do you think of free college tuition? Well, you know, there's nothing free. What sets you apart from traditional politicians? I get things done. And singing songs. I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. Oh, maybe that was Larry. You start Larry going, he doesn't stop. Download Donald Trump on Back and Forth with Sean and Larry King. I have a good vision for the future. Available now at podcastone.com. There's a very compassionate side to you. Why aren't you showing more of that? Maybe I wouldn't be doing as well in the polls. <laughs> Donald Trump. 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 You've done a podcast. Now you've done everything. Now that I've done it with you, Trump. Trump. That's podcastone.com. Hi, this is Kristen Johnston from Third Rock from the Sun, and you're listening to Loveline with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Yes, you is. Dylan and John are both here from Marcy Playground tonight. The name of the CD is Marcy Playground. One of the songs just cracked the top ten, Drew, just today. I'm sure you are hip to that before Sex you came in. Sex and Candy, yeah. Yes. That's, <laughs> uh, and that's basically your uh, creed, isn't it? Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> uh, phone number, 1-800-LVE-191. Fax number, 310-854-4455. Um, we just want to finish a conversation we're having before we uh, left. We're speaking about uh, depression. depression, and um, everybody seems to have their own uh, stories about uh, depression. Uh, John was uh, talking about, was it Zoloft that, was that the uh, drug we're talking yeah. about? Yeah. yeah. That uh, you got on recently that basically uh, turned it around for you. Three months ago. At the, I mean, at the most, three months ago. And it did turn it around for me. Did you notice a difference uh, the first day you took I a pill? I noticed a difference the first day. And, like, they say that to really have it maximize its, you know, its effect, you have to be taking it for a good six weeks. But I noticed an absolute, like, energy boost the first day. Um, I mean, I literally could not get off the couch. I couldn't get up. You know, I have a son, and uh, this is, uh, geez, he's probably eight, eight months old, nine months old at the time, and he'd be crying in the playpen. <clears throat> you know, my wife would be in the other room, and I just, you know, couldn't get off the couch to go pick him up, you know, and I would have to just force myself to go over there and pick him up and hold him and, you know, 
So the earlier gigs of uh, Marcy Playground, they'd actually wheel the couch <laughs> right out on, on stage. Was, uh, but I mean, it, it, was the, it was just the... It was this massive a, burden. It's that, a case in point that people, particularly young people, don't often understand that they're depressed. They have chronic fatigue. They have panic attacks. They have sort of an unhappiness or an irritability tired, about them. Yeah, you know? and they don't understand that this is depression because they think depression is supposed to be sad and crying, which it rarely is. Right. It's a numb. Right. It's a fatigue. Very often. It's over, feeling overwhelmed yeah, is a form right, of depression. Yeah. It's, it's the hallmark really is lack of enjoyment in things that were previously enjoyable. Right. And you need. Uh, right. Whereas, like, yeah, when I was depressed, I really, really got off on just lying on the couch all day. And now I'm lying on the couch all day, not really enjoying it. I just can't get up off the couch. But uh, also, they think it's brought on by some event. Somebody had to die. Somebody had to right. lose a job. You don't. It's you, it just sneaks up on you. That's and you don't. Really even, true or not? Yeah, it's not well, even. then what I'm saying is, is that's a misconception. It's a misconception. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, nothing had to happen. Right. Everything could be fine. Uh, in terms of uh, nobody dying, no no catastrophes in life. It's just you you lose your sort of will, not necessarily your will to live, but your will to participate in 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 life. Life takes a lot of energy, actually, and uh, it's a real bitch when you're uh, when you're sad all the time, or at least have, depressed. Do you guys either ever have panic attacks? I no. do. Huh? I you did do? when I was like you did? 19, 20. Uh, Horrible. Uh, Drew had Horrible. one at the. Did you, uh, did you know what they were at the time? No, I thought I was dying. Yeah, Actually, yeah. I knew. I knew enough. Did you get rushed to the emergency room? At no, I I knew enough to think either I'm having a seizure or this is some kind of an emotional thing, and so I right. figured right. it out. I actually I, I took myself to the emergency room at a hospital because I thought I was dying. Yeah, that's the usual thing, Same by thing, the way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. ER, you go to you go walk in any ER in the country, you'll find somebody lying there having a panic yeah, attack. Did, right. I yeah, I mean, uh, Drew, didn't you have a or try to have a panic attack uh, on the set of the yes. TV show? Yes, I was. Um, yes, a year ago. I should be ago. a uh, I should be a doctor. I snapped him right try, out of it. Did you say try to? have He attempted that? to have one, but I pulled him in the other room and told him, uh, "Listen, uh, if I have to stay at this effing studio one second longer than I have to, because you're having an effing panic attack." <laughs> I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kick uh, your ass. Now get your ass back out there and make with the doctor crap. And let's, <laughs> let's go the F home. Uh, and uh, it's true. You went right back out there, didn't you? Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm so appreciative of your compassion and empathy for how I was feeling at the moment. The fourth show yeah, on the row. He went to the hospital the next day. But the point is, is I was home by uh, 7.30 that evening. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we had to like tape like four hour long shows in a, in one day, and we taped four like the day before, and then you know, Drew's head was spinning. So was mine, but uh, at least I had it screwed on enough to uh, yell at Drew. <laughs> Bob. Yeah. You're 24. What's going on? Um. Well, first off, I want to say uh, thanks, and you've been an inspiration. <laughs> I listened to this show for a year and a half while I was in jail, and I'm glad I got the chance to ask you my questions. Oh, really? What? What? Where were you locked up? Um, down here in Maryland, Hagerstown. Oh, yeah, where they make the slacks? The slacks? Well, not no more. That was maybe in the olden days. Oh, okay. But, um... Hold on, Drew, you... Hold I, on I one know, second. I didn't know there was any association between Hager you know, Janes and... I know, I was making a joke, for thought. Christ's sake. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. You see what I have to deal with uh, on a nightly basis? I wish you'd have a, a panic Line attack. Four, 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 okay, four. all right. Here uh, Bob? Yeah? What were you locked up for? Um, burglary. Mm-hmm. That's kind of nice. <laughs> Quaint. Yeah. Picture a guy with, like, a, a mask and a striped shirt on and a, <laughs> one of those cabbie caps uh, sneaking around. <laughs> a little knapsack <laughs> slung across the back. Had you gotten busted a few times? Yeah, quite a few times. Mm-hmm. You're, you're getting money for drugs? Oh, uh, no. Just 
uh, money for okay. um, my wife and kid. Oh, just general stealing. Again, very refreshing. Yeah. It'd be an honor for you to steal my VCR. Well, actually, I stole the stuff and then I turned it in right after I stole it. I felt bad. Oh, really? Um, See, I knew I liked this, Bob. Yeah, this is a good guy here. Criminal with a conscience. And they still gave you a year and a half? They gave me 20 years. What? Suspended all but 18 months. Oh. Yeah, I've been locked up for a year. I'm on, ho I'm on house arrest now. Wow. Um, all of Adam's friends are on house arrest. Yeah, yeah John just got off house, ar house arrest <laughs> with the uh, Zoloft. Uh, well, he's on sofa have, arrest. At least, can... at least I don't have any panic attacks anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bob, wait a minute. They gave you 20 years for stealing. You must have had a lot of priors. Well, uh, yeah, as a juvenile and then a few adults, a few adult arrests. I'm only 24. I mean, it can't be that bad, you know? Right. Okay, yeah. so you're, you're out now. Right. And they gave you a radio in prison. Um, yeah, actually, I, I bought it on commissary. And did you get to, um, they got a nice gift shop there? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, like uh, T-shirts, uh, my son went to prison and all he got me was this dumb T-shirt. Oh, man, we got TVs, radios, Walkmans, Razors, oh. everything, you name it. And uh, is it, like, duty-free, like at the airport? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Bob, what can right. I do for you? Um, well, actually, okay, while I was away, my, the woman that I'm engaged to, um, we had, like, kind of like a, a really bad off-and-on relationship where it was good, bad, good, bad. Well, uh, there was no communication. I felt alone in the relationship, so I ended up meeting a girl who didn't try to um, be anything more than a friend, and yet at the same time she was trying to be more, and she made a pass at me, and I accepted it. But um, like halfway through it, I, I was like, hold on. And I told my fiancé that I slept with this woman because I was alone, and she couldn't believe me. But while I was in prison, she slept with my friend, Jeff, for the same reason. So I decided I would forgive her and let everything go, you know, because she was woman enough to come and tell me, hey, you know, I did it, and I understood. So now that's going. But the thing is, you know, it's like no matter what I try to do, she's like a, she's a real B.I. one minute, and then she's now, like... Now, you referred to she. Are there two she's here, a fiancé and then another person? No, just my fiancé. She became your fiancé. Okay. Right. No, wait a minute. I thought he slept with, with somebody, somebody else. told the fiancé. Yeah, yeah, I slept with the other girl and then told my fiancé. You said she a lot of times, and I, I didn't... No, I, I was I was with you, Bob. Right. The, um, the, the she that had the, an affair herself is the fiancé because of what you had done before. Right. 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 Well, she didn't do it because of that. She did it because when I was in she jail, was, she, she was alone. Bob is the world's worst uh, criminal. He, yeah. he goes and steals something, then he turns himself in. He goes out and uh, has sex with another woman and no, then basically it. tells his wife and when uh, his or wife fiance is, uh, the same thing. His wife's wrong vocation. His fiance is full and all. He, he's in jail. He Bob, completely forgives her. Here's what you got to do. you got to do one or the other. You either got to do the crap and not tell people <laughs> or don't do the crap. Right. You're one or the other. You're I shooting yourself in the foot. I would have never told nobody, but see, I had, my uh, fiancé just got pregnant, and we had moved into our, my first apartment ever. I've, I've been locked up most of my life off and Pregnant with your kid. Excuse me? Pregnant with your child. Right. All right, what, what is your question for us, Bob? we got to... Okay, um, well, I just, I, I don't know how, what I'm supposed to do. I'm trying to get her to change and turn around and see that I love her, and I'm doing everything that I can to make her happy, mm. but she's, like, continuously making me unhappy and miserable. How? Like um, starting little fights, nitpicking, nagging. Well, this is what this is what her idea of intimacy is. This is what her family was like. I'm sure that the violence and the chaos and interpersonal conflict was probably how her whole family operated. 
That's exactly true. And and that's what she that's her pattern for a primary relationship. That's what she needs. She doesn't get that. She she either create it or find it somewhere else. Right, Bob. She is one of these people, uh, like the people you see on Cops every night. They just need chaos. <laughs> they have to have chaos, whether on parole, whether the wife's pregnant, whether it's Thanksgiving or New Year's. They need chaos all the time, and they will suck. Whoever's around them, whether you're behind the counter at the 7-Eleven and they're complaining about the pump number four being on the frets, or whether you're married to them, they're going to bring that chaos and try to get you involved. And then, uh, stupid us, we always get involved and start arguing over the pump or over the whatever it is they're arguing about, and it has nothing to do with that. All they want is chaos in their life. Bob, yeah. you have to not get sucked in to her chaos. And I, I, one technique is to let her know how this makes you feel and make sure she hears you. Make sure how she impacts on you. And it may just be that, you know, he's sort of getting better. It sounds like he's getting some sensibility about him. He's sort of maturing, and this may not be the relationship uh, that, his, that she wants or that he wants. We've got to get some of those Arbitron bro- books out to the uh, prisoners. Sure. There's some sort of program. I, I think we're bigger. In um, you know, amongst the people that are uh, locked <laughs> incarcerated, incarcerated than uh, than some of the other uh, competitors. Well, that and uh, people in universities and colleges. Okay. <laughs> the similar population. Drew's uh, being a wise ass. Anyway, uh, we're gonna go to break. We'll come back, uh, wrap up, wrap down, and um, all around with Marcy Playground. I began to float up and away from my body. Ah, uh, lady, you better get back float. here. If you're not here when Love Line float. returns, they're gonna be pissed. Float. All right, if you're a business owner, you know that your business is only as good as the talent that you hire. And posting a job in one place just doesn't do it. It's impossible to find quality candidates. Now, with ZipRecruiter, everybody, you can post 100-plus job sites with a single click, instantly match to candidates from over 6 million resumes, plus watch the brand-new candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface within 24 hours. ZipRecruiter has been used by over 400,000 businesses. That's right. Why do it any other way? Just with a single click, 24 hours, get it posted everywhere, and in come the candidates. Today, you get to try ZipRecruiter for free. How we're able to do that, I don't know, but you get it for free. If you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Adam, that is ZipRecruiter.com slash Adam. One more time, ZipRecruiter for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Adam. Cure for depression. Sun, sand, uh, bikinis, uh, puka shells, uh, good reefer, and uh, macadamia nuts. John was not depressed the uh, weekend he spent in Hawaii. Hi, I'm Carl. Dr. Drew. Marcy Playground is here. In... Hi, this is... Huh? All right, Mike. Settle Heidi down flies. in there. That's Heidi Flies. Was that Heidi Flies? Oh, okay. So you try too hard sometimes. That's your problem. And the rest of you don't try hard enough. All right. We will be back in 10 seconds. This is Loveline on Radio Station. Mahalo. (laughs) (laughs) Dylan Keefe and John Wozniak are both here from Marcy Playground. 
Hello. The uh, CD is uh, out. It has been out for a little while. It's called uh, Marcy Playground, and uh, I suggest you go find it. All right. Phone number, 1-800-LVE-191. Forget about the fax number, and where were we, Drew? Going to the phones. All right. You got a call? Yep. Nikki. Yes. Near 22. I am. This, you know, and I don't mean any res- disrespect. Hold on you. a second. She's not, so I see that already. Yes, you are, All right. Go ahead, Nikki. I don't mean any disrespect to Drew, but Adam, this is because I believe your um, expertise is going to be at hand here. Um, recently, I've had. It is a really lot where my expertise lies in the hand. Well, because I think that you end up knowing uh, how guys think and how they behave. I've studied them for years. See, you being one. And uh, not in a clinical environment like Drew, but out in the wild. Right, and that's where <laughs> I'm in at. In a natural habitat. The uh, titty bars, right. uh, the construction about. sites. Yes, the cagey man. He's elusive. But I've, you know, I've befriended him. I've, I didn't try to, you know, I didn't rush. By the, the way, he, he just held his hand out to me like yeah, I hold up a dog to sniff. To sniff. That's, that's what I would do. I didn't, you know, the guys would be sitting down eating lunch around the construction site. I didn't rush them. I didn't want to scare them. I didn't want to scatter Don't them. Palm. You just I just walked slow. Yes, I got in that submissive pose I do so well that I only show Drew once in a while. I held my hand out. I let the guys sniff it a little bit. It smelt of beer and urine. <laughs> Immediately, uh, one of them urinated on my knee. And you were accepted. I was. Uh, I then rubbed the urine on me to get their own scent, and I was immediately accepted into the male tribe. <laughs> I then uh, studied them and took uh, copious notes. Even uh, grew fond of them. I said, <laughs> I hated well, to have to Nikki leave them. Nikki would like to tap into that fund of knowledge. Uh, all right. So go uh, ahead. So the situation is, and I'm not trying to like toot my own horn, but I'm a pretty girl very smart and well-read, um, and what ends up happening is that I lately I've found that a lot of guys... Well, this, this, this is something you mentioned earlier today, too. What? All right, yeah, go ahead. what so, <laughs> I'm talking about? Yeah, well, but are you real good-looking, Nikki? I'm, I mean, I do some modeling and stuff like that, yeah, so I'm okay. I mean, I'm not like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not Pamela Anderson, but... Mm-hmm. You're um, fat. Drew, please. Go ahead, Nikki, what, what's going on? So, I, these... These guys that they'll chase me, one in particular, the first one chased me for two years while I was involved with somebody else. And when I finally paid any attention to him, then, like, he was done. And then the second guy chased me for, like, three months, and I totally ignored him. I didn't have anything to do with them. And then as soon as I was like, all right, look, I'll hang out with you, then he just totally stopped calling. This is a guy that paged, like, four times a day and called all the time. Mm-hmm. And I just want to know, in the men's animalistic state, is it the chase that's the funnest thing? And if it is, then that's lame. <laughs> and if not, then what, what do I have to do to be like, listen, get my way? <laughs> You need to find a, the right kind of guy. I need, ooh. <laughs> yeah, the, the ooh. kind of guy, I, mean, yeah. I learned this uh, from one of the larger males. The large. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, What'd you call him? I called him Lobe because uh, part of his left e- earlobe had been chewed off by a hooker uh, in Tijuana. And that's the only way I could identify uh, one of the larger, more aggressive males. <laughs> But, uh, Nikki, you don't even know why you're laughing, dude. We're laughing because that was so, like, like a junkyard guard dog kind of description of a dude, you know. That's very uh, cool. All right. So, wait, I have to find the right kind of guy? No, no. Listen, if you, if, if a guy pursues you for two and a half years while you're involved with somebody else, he's flawed by virtue of the fact that he 
pursued you for two and a half years. I mean, that means he doesn't even really look at women as women. He just looks at them as sort of prey or a trophy or what have you, and he becomes obsessive. And, of course, a guy like this is not going to be a great guy uh, to have a relationship with right. because he can't respect the boundaries and so on and so you, forth. You shouldn't just be attracted to people because they're attracted to you. Well, no, that's not the case at all. It's just that if someone's been that forthright and how they feel about me or think about me. She was going to give it a try. And finally I'm like, all right, listen, why don't we just, you know, and I've always been very kind of, I think that I'm what guys always say that they're looking for, like, I don't want a relationship, don't get too clingy, yada, yada, yada. Right. But, but then they like, then them not calling anymore is like, hello, wait, that's not Probably me. Probably what they're looking for, but not what they're listening for. Yeah, or, they're, would obsessed, be different. or they're obsessed with something that they can't have. Like sex happens candy? Quite a lot. <laughs> Sorry. Hey. I just bought the CD like yesterday. All right. Were you, were you paid? What? <laughs> Off the new Marcy Playground CD? Yeah, wow. I was just trying to put a little plug in there. Well, thank you. That was great. Hey, uh, Nikki. Yeah. Here's the situation. Okay. I, uh, women can't stand this, but I, I, I tried this out in front of an auditorium of yeah. 2,000 uh, people and probably half women. And uh, they all had to sort of hang their head in shame and agree when I said. You guys are always complaining about what dogs men are. You're always complaining about how, how guys are and their ways and double standards and so on and so forth. And love them and leave them and the whole prey um, um, con uh, conquest sort of thing. But all you know that you know guys, you went to school with them, you work with them. They're nice guys. They would worship you. They would never raise a hand to you. They would be romantic. Uh, they, would never, they, they would never stray. But you're not interested in these guys. So don't Wait, tell me that there's that no good guys. It's just the guys you decide you're attracted to are a-holes, and that means there's something wrong with you, yeah. not with guys. All right. Well, then now you've segued into something completely different. I wanted to ask this about Drew. Drew, when you uh, do you have daughters? One. One. Okay. Both of my parents are family therapists. He had two, but he ate the uh, youngest. <laughs> Yes, they're part of the male ritual. The family therapist. Okay, right. the family therapist is private practice, and I just want you to please take heed at this while your daughter is young. Yes. Do not feed her a lot of psychobabble so that every guy that she's interested in, she's like evaluating for like chemical abuse and imbalances. And I mean, me and Veronica, my good friend, both agree on this. I'm totally screwed because of like I'm always analyzing people, and it's because of my stinking parents. Uh, you know, and so and so what? You didn't go out with a lot of guys when you were younger, that kind of thing. No, I went out with a lot of guys, but like constantly, like okay, most of my friends did like wacky stuff, like sleeping with. 100 people and yeah. drunk all the time, but I was always like analytical. I'm like, I don't want to. Uh, Nikki, you're building the case for what I ought to do. Yeah. I'm going to make sure my daughter's yeah, twice as analytical as no. you. Well, yeah. Even though my friends were involved in those things, I was not involved in those things. That's the That's point. Great. Oh, Nikki, my daughter's doomed now. All right. No. I'm going to have uh, textbooks uh, right. reading to her nightly now. All right. Get her uh, Freud on tape yes. and just start pumping it right <laughs> oh, into yes. her room. Oh, yes. Guy with a big. Uh, is uh, I uh, you know I don't know oh. I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, Curious George meets the man in the yellow hat. I think Bob Crane uh, voiced a few uh, Freud books in the um, early 70s. Yeah. So probably we'll, we'll <laughs> or maybe it was the Commandant. I can't remember. That would make more. Do you sense. think Nikki proved your point about uh, very attractive people? Oh yeah, I was telling Drew uh, today uh, when we we're in uh, Keenan in the dressing room that there are some uh, attractive women and men, for that matter, that need to be pulled aside. Because society's been basically looking the other way for a long time because they're really good looking. And they need to be spanked. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. They need to be. Uh, they need to have some guy let go. Listen, or some girl doesn't really matter. Shut the f up. Uh, we know you're good looking. That don't mean your brain is pretty. 
You've been talking a lot. No one's told you to shut up. I'm not interested in having sex with you because I'm gay. So I'm going to tell you, shut the F up. You're driving everyone nuts. And because guys have been dying to get in your panties for the last 15 years, everyone's just been nodding their head and agreeing with you. But I'm telling you now, I've known you for five minutes, and you're annoying the hell out of me. The men and women both need to be, uh, you know, uh, ugly people are oftentimes quieter than, uh, sure. than the very attractive. Sure. All right. Uh, except for that Sidney Crawford. She's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love. This is the kind of society we live in. You know, I hear all day, that's Cindy Crawford. She's a genius. Uh, uh, I've seen her do a hundred talk shows. She don't sound real sharp. Oh, no, she's real sharp. No, she's, sh- she's sharp for someone who's good looking. That's it. You're, you're grading this uh, on a curve. A different scale. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, Clinton. Bill. Hi. Bill, yes, you're 18. What's going on? Um, I was just wondering, um, how likely is it that relationships started through email and that sort of thing? How likely is it that they stay intact or develop or, you know, become something tangible? Can I I say something about that? Um, Sure. Our our tour manager uh, just got married uh, two weekends ago to a woman that he met on the Internet, Mm -hmm. and they are perfect for each other. He thinks it was a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah, but they're well, absolutely but they're, perfect for each other. But they're the exception, I'm sure, and well, yeah, not it's, the rule. It's tough to say, but they, they were, they're they definitely perfect for they each other. Drew and I don't approve of any technology that was not in place while we were dating, <laughs> because we're pissed off <laughs> about people basically taking uh, the easy way out when it comes to a very difficult subject, and an uncomfortable subject, uh, like dating. In general, our our, our take on it is you're living in a kind of a fantasy when you don't do that, you know, you, you got to sniff someone's breath a little bit, you got to watch your meat, you have to... Uh, also, there's a whole thing that's being neglected about you sort of mustering the courage to go ask somebody out face-to-face and so on. Right. But mm-hmm. if it's a choice between that and nothing, I would definitely go with the computer. And, I mean, if it's all you can muster. The other thing is the sort of... Imp- impulsive way that people let these things develop. I mean, uh, they go from being pen pals to being in love with that person in a couple of days. Just as if somebody wants to meet a person, this is the way the relationship was initiated. I do not have a problem with that, but just be very slow and very careful and evaluate who the person is, just the way you would if you were dating somebody. And do it, and, and you know, have a face-to-face meeting as part of that evolution. Mm-hmm. Certainly, but... I don't know. I mean, it seems like I, I already feel like I'm beginning to, you know, sort of. Yeah, but that's a pre- right. that's a fantasy. Ah, that's a fantasy. Yeah, but let me tell you, what let's was the name of the chat room you met in? Oh, it wasn't a chat room. It was. Um, I it, I think he saw my web page and emailed me that way, or it was the other way around. One of us saw the other's web page. Mm-hmm. But let me let me ask you this, uh, Clinton. By the way, if they can't spell, it means they went to the uh, hippie free-range <laughs> school with uh, me, Dylan, and John. Uh, but they're creative geniuses, so don't worry. Um, here's, here's my take on you, uh, Clinton, but you... Uh, you st- no, don't stop me if I'm wrong. Um, you're a guy who's... Um, you're gay, right? Bye. Oh, you're bi. And uh, you maybe have uh, felt a little on the outside, like in high school, possibly uh, ostracized a little bit, and not the kind of guy who'd be the first guy to go up and ask uh, people out face-to-face. So you're sort of falling back uh, on this. Maybe you haven't been in love before. Have you been in love before? Uh, once. Oh, you have? Yeah. How old were you? Um, 16. 
Mm-hmm. Was that with a woman or a man? It was with, oh, I guess it's been twice. Um, the, around 16, it was with a girl. How about before that? And Oh, and then after that, it was after with that. another boy. Okay. And uh, are you someone who could muster the courage to go out and uh, talk to somebody if you're attracted to them? I did, yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. All right. It, it sounded to me like you were um, people that, uh, here's, uh, here's what I'm trying to say, and I've been trying to collect myself for an hour. Uh, when people don't go out and go through the normal steps of relationships, uh, dating, getting turned down and all that, they build up a lot of energy and they sit and they stew and it builds up interest. And then they connect with somebody and all of a sudden it all comes pouring out. So meaning they had a long, uh, you know, high school or junior high without a whole lot of interaction. And then, uh, Drew, I'm talking. Uh I know you can't do two things at once. I'm well, just what pointing to, at something. Well, how am I supposed to read the screen while I'm in the middle of one of my brilliant riffs? <laughs> brilliant? Riff? Adam you. Carolla, maybe brilliant. Oh, shh. Get the poor man back in here, Drew, and watch you squirm. <laughs> the point is, is uh, then you find somebody who you connect with via the computer, and it cracks open, and everything comes uh, pouring out, and all of a sudden, all that energy you had for all those years, all the people you never asked out, so on and so forth, it all gets put into the lap of uh, this guy and his computer or whoever it is, and it oh, usually turns out to be disappointing because you put too much emphasis on it in the first place. Sort of um, the interest theory. All right, so uh, anyway, it can work. We we have somebody who says it does work. Oh, okay. Doris? Yes? You're 19? Mm-hmm. What's going on there? Well, um, I just want to say it does work. Uh, I've been married uh, to a guy that I met off the Internet. Uh, you're 19? Yes. Okay, it doesn't work. You're married. <laughs> yeah. You're married at 19? Yeah. Okay. See, that's what—that's hey. the part we don't like about. My wife was married to me. She's she's 21 now. We've been married for two years. Really? Yeah. Some people. But they met at a vet. Well, yeah, so it doesn't count. <laughs> well, who was uh, who was at the vet? Were you getting this all off from the vet? No, she, no. <laughs> yeah. No, she she works it's for my cat, man. She, she's like a she's like a veterinary <laughs> assistant. She works at the at the veterinary. Oh, all right. Well, she works with animals. But she's, anyway. she's got her head screwed on. Sure. Me and my husband <laughs> we met off the internet and. How old's your husband? Huh. How old is your husband? He's 21. Mm-hmm. Were you in separate cities? Uh, yes. In fact, we were a state apart. Uh, and um, you, you met, and how did that work? You, you chatted back and forth for a while, and then you agreed to meet in person? Well, what had happened was um, he was friends with one of my friends, and uh, they had moved off, and they were at, he was asking me, because he, he was away at the time, uh-huh. What had happened because right. they uh, uh-huh. he lost contact. Contact with um, his friend. Oh, his friend. My friend. No, okay. And we kind of picked up there, and we mm. started talking because while he was talking to his friend, while his friend was there, mm-hmm. we would just you know conversationally just say hi to each other. You got any kids? No, I don't. No. What's well, he do I, for? Well, what's he do for a living? He's uh, working for Critical Mass Media. Oh, the hell's that? Um, it's like a telecommunications uh-huh. job. Is that like, um, Scientology calls, or something? Yeah, he calls people asking... It's oh, a okay, all right, so he's a he's a phone guy. He's a surveyor. Uh, he gets 4.50 an hour to uh, call people while they're eating. Actually, he... All right, do you like a chance to win some timeshare? Uh, no, I'd like to eat. Is Actually, that... he's getting about 6.50 right now. Oh, okay. But, um... All right, so he's moving up. All right, Doris, listen. I give the marriage 18 months. I really do. 
I, I hate to be cruel, but uh, if you call us back when you're 25 and say you're still married to this guy and he's been bumped up to 8.50 an hour, then I will admit I was wrong. Why'd you get married so early? Um, well, there was a few reasons, because... All right, I'm done. I'm tired. I didn't want to know. I hope she can type faster than she can talk. If I was married to Doris, I would actually force her to go into another room and just type back and forth to me, just so I wouldn't have to endure that conversation. Uh, honey, can you take out... No, don't say anything. Go type it. Email me. Email me. Uh, I'm going to be in the head. Uh, don't worry, I set a computer up in there. So go ahead and just email it to the John. <laughs> All right, I hate to be cruel to everybody. Uh, Doris, I, I hope the thing lasts forever. Uh, I, I, I hope it all works out, but uh, saying that uh, you met someone and got married is not quite yet an endorsement for the uh, for the technology. Uh, twenty years from now, when people are uh, been married for twenty years via the internet, then right. uh, then it will be. Sarah, hey, you're eighteen. Yeah, you're on with Marcy Playground. Hey, hi, Sarah. Hi. How are you guys doing? Fine, thanks. Good. Great. Okay, my problem is. Um, I live in Colorado, and then my brother lives in Indiana, and all growing up and everything, he was real abusive, but then, like, right before I moved out here, we started getting along, and so now, I guess I'm, my mom says I'm obsessed over constantly wanting to talk to him and everything, well, he's doing, like, he's been on crack, he's either always on, like, a heavy drug or heavy alcohol, one or the other, all the time. And uh, this has been going on for like five years. Why are you obsessed with talking to him? I don't know. I mean, it's just like once a week I have to call him, have to make sure that he's okay and everything. Mm. But they think that it's because all the stuff that he did to me, like growing up and stuff, they think that that has something to do with it. What kind of stuff did he do to you? Oh, it was just like a lot of like um, physical and mental abuse. Yeah, that's, that's pretty normal. Yeah, for yeah. like brothers and sisters. But so... What kind I, of physical abuse? Um, I like I had like welts all over me and bruises and everything, mm -hmm. and like child protective services were called on us a couple times because mm -hmm. I would go to school and the teachers would see, huh. like my bruises and. So stuff. it's just a light to moderate beatings. No, very oh, heavy. Oh, medium. Oh, big beatings. Yeah. Okay. Is that normal, Drew? At no, my house. No, no. but it, but it's it, it, your behavior. I'm trying to figure out where it's coming from, but it's sort of like the. You know, the people going and finding abusive relationships. You're still trying right. to sort this out and taking responsibility and wanting to control this. Right. You should have uh, paid some uh, stoned high schoolers to kill him <laughs> by now. I mean, if you were healthy. Right, That's what a healthy person would do. Though. Right, Drew? Right. Yeah. Where he so was some... paying the stone people to come after me, I was like, you know, always sticking up for Did him. Did he actually pay stone people to come after you? No, not really. Some, you... Actually, stone people is the people you want to come after you <laughs> yeah, because they're like, uh, <laughs> hey, uh, dude, we got to go kill uh, Sarah. Uh, it's sort of, it's sort of the, we'll it's, do it tomorrow. It really is. It's the, it's the ultimate. Drew, can I? Not Drew, Dan. No. <laughs> Drew, Drew loves to bleed into the, into the comedy. I thought it was the, it really is ahead, the, sort of the ultimate codependency, right? I mean, you feel responsible for the way he is. You're going to cure his addiction. You're right. taking responsibility for the fact that he physically abused you and tortured you. I mean, this is ridiculous. Recoculous. Thank you. Me. That that you need to work on yourself and get yourself feeling better about yourself so you don't have to right. well, feel responsible for this horrible, abusive addict in his life. 
Okay. You can start taking care of Sarah a little bit. But can you just like completely write him off? Yes. Or? Well, don't I be no, available. Screw him. He was here's, abusive. Now he's abusing himself. Here's I mean, what, what you are you going to do? You can be a, you can work on your own codependency recovery if you want to do it. Take that approach. But more importantly, stay away from him unless he, he gets into some kind of treatment or recovery and support his recovery, but have nothing to do with him when he's in his disease. Right. Okay? All right. All right. Thanks. She won't, right. She won't she do anything. Not, not for None a second. She's putting together a basket right now. Yeah. She's going to go call him. Uh, booze and heroin going to send it out there. Yeah. That's interesting, though. We've never gotten that one. Yeah. You, oh, boy. Imagine the man that Sarah's going to marry. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, same. Yeah, I had to dump Phil. He wasn't beat me enough. Yeah, that's uh, that's the way it's gonna but work. Jim is strung out on crack. Yeah, he'll be just fine. Mm, why are you staying with him though? He's strung out on crack. I don't know. I love him. Yeah, right. He loves yeah. me. Yeah, he tells me he loves me. Yeah, when he's not uh, beating me and high on crack, he's the world's greatest husband and father. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I should write uh, cards. <laughs> We've got to come up with a love line card shop. We really do. Oh, I was thinking about that the other day. There really is a place for that. Yeah, like on the little carousel uh, by the door of the uh, Hallmark stores. Or, yeah. Sorry, sup, sister. Uh, meet my new friends, the Crabs, the Crabisons. <laughs> All right, uh, Marcy Playground is here. We're going to hear something off the uh, new CD, Marcy Playground, after this. Why don't you try rapping it this time? Yo, yo, kick some flavor and stuff and love and line. I'll be right back in a minute. I'm sorry, that was really bad. You're just not street like me. Hey, I'm two-time survivor Rob Sesternino and host of Rob Has a Podcast right here on Podcast One. I'm breaking down what just happened on reality TV competitions like Survivor, Big Brother, The Amazing Race, and more. We're talking with all your favorite players and interviewing the new contestants after they get eliminated about just how badly they screwed everything up. So come on over and talk about reality TV with me on Rob Has a Podcast in the TV and film section here on Podcast One anytime or at least until they vote me out. Hi, this is Poe, and you're listening to Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Yeah, it is. Huh? Okay. <laughs> True, you do it. Phone number one eight hundred L O V E one nine one. Fax number three one zero. Hold on, turn it down, Drew. What was the fax number? All right, screw the fax number. Uh, Marcy Playground is here. Dylan oh. Keefe and uh, John uh, Wozniak or Wozniak. What do you like? Wozniak. Yeah, but it's W O, right? Yeah, it's why you know, like uh, Wozniak. <laughs> <laughs> Walk. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's. But isn't isn't the uh, computer guy Wozniak? Uh, Steve Wo- Wozniak, yeah, from Apple. Yeah, was that Wozniak or Wozniak? Wozniak. All right. Same thing. We all came out on the, over on the boat at the same time. All right. What what is that? Is it Polish. Slavic or something? It's Polish. No. Yeah. Yeah, but you never got made fun of when you were a kid, did you? Cause oh, it wasn't gee, a, no. Well, it wasn't a ski. <laughs> wasn't like a ski thing, you know. 
Meaning, no, you, yeah. it's not a, it's not a real oh, oh, uh, blatant Polish name where you got Shablowski. Yeah, hey, what happened to that, by the way? Hey, Drew, we got to start making fun of the Polacks again. It's really <laughs> died off. People don't seem to do it anymore. Drew's uh, going on the TV. What, what, what can't you? I know that's on? why I told Mike to come in here. Mike, could you put down that uh, cake and come in here for a second? I don't want to start the song. I'll wait till we uh, come on Keenan, and then I'll start the song. So I got something to do while the song's playing. <laughs> Because I figure we're on for like three minutes, right, Drew? Yeah, about that. So we could check ourselves out on, on uh, Keenan. Uh, he's got a dog show on uh, now. 7,000 channels on this thing. Engineer Mike knows what he's doing. Anyway, Drew, what's up? I don't know what's up. Okay. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Hey, Mike. Good call. Oh, here comes the cake. Put it back on the football game, would you please? There it is. All right. Now, what we got to do is we got to kill like uh, three minutes here, and then we'll go to the song. So that we can we'll enjoy ourselves. Oh, we'll take a call? Yeah. Yeah, that's very novel. All right. Thank you. Jonathan. This is. You're 20. What's going on? Well, uh, I just wanted to ask Dr. Drew or yourself. Uh-huh. Um, all my life, I don't know, when I was a little kid, I was like, uh, I guess, eight years old. Kind of interested in sex a little too much, I think. Mm-hmm. And... I found myself experimenting with a, a neighbor kid, um, a boy. Uh -huh. It was kind of a strange, traumatic situation for an eight-year-old, I guess. Traumatic <laughs> for him or for you? For me. He was, a, he was a little bit older. Did he initiate it? No. Well, yeah, but, you know, it didn't take too much initiation for me to... What, what, what was your home life like? It, it was good, actually. Drew, Drew can't accept the fact that uh, there's a certain percentage of kids that will sort of experiment sexually on uh, other young kids without some form of abuse that uh, predicated this. Yeah. Right. Well, and see, it goes a lot further than that. Um, Drew, are you paying attention? Yeah, I was listening. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. What are you? I just was going to say that it goes a lot further than that. Um, uh, just just recently, you know, I've I've guess come to you know out of the closet or whatever as a gay person, gay man, and oh, no. I've started to meet people and do things, and just, you know, recently I've, uh, I've, I've met a man, and, you know, we did we did a lot sexually. Mm-hmm. How's, and, is the behind still intact? <laughs> no. No. Okay. Well, in that case, yes, it was. With, uh... And that's actually why I'm calling tonight, is because a lot, of, it's been bothering me only because um, every time I'm with a man or a woman... Mm-hmm. Afterwards, I, uh, I I totally regret it. Totally. Well, it's you got like a lot I'm, of unresolved stuff. I'm acting it. on a total compulsion. Right. Uh, what what I was getting at in terms of asking about your family to begin with, whether or not you had a lot of aggression or unresolved sort of negative feelings around that time. You remember? What's that? Mm. All right. Stop concentrating on penis for just one second, Jonathan, and listen to Drew. Just, I'm just, I was just Christ wondering whether sake. or not, when you were six, seven, eight years old, whether or not there was a lot of aggression around, if you felt a lot of negative feelings. There there could have been. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I mean, that's the other side of what can create some of this preoccupation. Really? And it doesn't have to be an overt abuse or a sexualization at that age to create a sexual energy to it. And then, mm. you, then you become a good victim to a child abuse. All right, so wrap it up. Which is what, what your neighbor was, and now you've got all this unresolved stuff going around. Well, and you, and you All know, right, wait a minute. Jonathan? Yeah. There's a skip. Hold, hold on a second. Oh, there is? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, go ahead. Hurry up. I just was going to say that, you know, that's not, you know, that's almost oh, no. something I've completely forgotten about. What's bothering me, though, is like I said, I'm always, um, I, I have sex with a lot of 
women and do a lot of things with men recently, and I've had, you know, sexual relations with men. Well, and all right, he needs to go to um, SA, right? They're well, always it's one way to do it. Sexaholic, sex and addicts and animus is a way to get into this, these sorts of issues and look at them in a safe way and perhaps sort of process through what's causing all this. Another way is to get some professional help, and another way is to to let these things. He's only twenty years old. And by the way, all you, all you people that are driven uh, by your demons and whatever, you cannot act out a little bit too. I mean, that's you, the you point. realize what's going yeah, on. Okay, you're point. driven, you're compulsive. Uh, you want to gamble, you want to booze, you want to feel up guys, you want whatever it is you want to do. You're calling. You understand it's something you don't want to do. There is. Uh, a certain human component here that you can use, which is um, discretion. I mean, you uh, can unless, actually say, uh, unless your volition, I'm not going to do this. Unless your volition is totally overwhelmed, and then you really have a clinical problem. Right. And, uh, and that's what I was going to say, is that sometimes just containing some of these things that he's gaining insight into and trying to have a healthy relationship right. with a male or female. Sure, that sounds enough. like male is what All he right, was right. looking for, too, and ought to do. Please, Charles, right, come so on. Watch yourself, right, son. Play play for Christ's right, sake. All right. All right, Marcy Playground has a uh, CD out. It's uh, the same title. Marcy Playground. On that CD is a song called St. Joe on the School Bus, and it goes like this. St. Joe, he said he's never been dressed up like a St. Joe on the school bus. And I'm Colonel Dr. Drew, Marcy Playground here, and we'll be back with more Drew, more Marcy Playground, and more you after this. So, who was on back and forth with Sean and Larry King this week? Donald Trump. Hi, Sean. Hello, Larry. Hear the Republican presidential frontrunner answering questions. What do you think of free college tuition? Well, you know, there's nothing free. What sets you apart from traditional politicians? I get things done. And singing songs. I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. Oh, maybe that was Larry. You start Larry going, he doesn't stop. Download Donald Trump on Back and Forth with Sean and Larry King. I have a good vision for the future. Available now at podcastone.com. There's a very compassionate side to you. Why aren't you showing more of that? Maybe I wouldn't be doing as well in the polls. <laughs> Donald Trump. 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 You've done a podcast. Now you've done everything. Now that I've done it with you, it's Trump. That's podcastone.com. and you're listening to Loveline with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla.
Yes, you are. Marcy Playground is here tonight. Bill and John are both here, and uh, the boys were just uh, treated to a uh, rare sight. It was the uh, dueling uh, Drews and Adams, uh, TV, radio. <laughs> oh, it must be a thrill for you guys to just have uh, Drew and Adams surrounding you. <laughs> Uh, the name of the CD is Marcy Playground. Uh, you guys are going to be, well, have been out supporting the CD, and then you're going to do a bunch of those uh, Christmas shows, right? right? Yeah. Christmas shows. We played last night in uh, at the Opium Den. Mm -hmm. Then we're, we're I guess we're taking off tonight, and we're going out to uh, Tucson, and then we're uh, hitting the Midwest. Now, our our mother station here, K Rock, the beloved K Rock, where where uh, Loveline was uh, originated. True. You shut the TV now, please. Drew gets uh, fixated. There's like a, a, a parrot uh, staring at uh, one of those uh, little birds that bobs. And I can't stand it when I don't have Drew's undivided attention. Really, you can't. It's just amazing. It's so distracting to see him looking off. Or uh, he, His favorite thing to do is actually read. You know, just sit down and just read outside. I because I can do two things at once. You're pissed you off. Can't, you know, I you're can't. Not, Liz, you barely do the show. I, Please, let's not get in this conflict again. Honey. Can you believe that we get paid the same amount of money? You're fat. <laughs> oh, hey, speaking of that, I looked that fat on TV. I could quickly lose 10 pounds. You know, you looked great. What are you kidding? <laughs> I look like I own an Italian restaurant and was drunk. <laughs> you look great. Look how good-looking Drew is, everybody. I'm look at Adam. He's very attractive. Adam, what is I've been lactating. <laughs> Hold on. What is with the chest hair? Uh, you know, you got it. You flaunt it. No, this is my don't. career you're talking about. No, chicks aren't into chest hair. They're not? Well, no. that's you. You you want, you want to date burn victims. Uh, <laughs> you're like prepudescent burn Come victims, Anne. You have a big old rug hanging out of your shirt. That's, that's all. That's man oh, rug, baby. God. That's what lathers up the soap Wait, when we're in the shower together. God, horrible. What do, you, what do you want me to do? Shave before no, I go on the show? No, button your shirt up. Well, it's one of those things where if I button it one more button, it looks kind of awkward. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm. All right. See the shirt I'm wearing right now, Ann. Yeah. Now, doesn't it look kind of like like it's button one button too high? No. It looks no. like it's missing Shut a button. Shut up, Drew. No, it looks. Sherry, right? What? It doesn't look like I've buttoned it one button too much. No. No, it looks fine. Looks fine. <laughs> you look beautiful, baby. This is. Uh, come on. This Way is. Uh, what are you guys gaslighting me here? Mike, come on. It's one button too high. No, Any it's moron not. can see that. No, it is not. What? No, it is not. Because look, for I'm, you, yeah, look. because you just took your tie off and your your. For you, that's hanging loose. Yes. For me, come on, th John. This is one button too high. I'm not with you, man. Yes. All right, but would you would normally wear the shirt uh, uh, button to here, wouldn't you? Well, I mean, if you had a medallion, like a gold. Oh, medallion, yes. Oh, I can see I've We're lost. We're just trying this. to help you, Adam. <laughs> Listen, Ann, I, I'm Maybe telling you, I, I buttoned the one more button up, but it looked uh, it looked a little uptight. This is my image. I'm hanging loose. I'm what the kids are. I'm in. I'm what the kids are about today. Yeah, the, your finger on the pulse of Generation X. Yeah. Okay. It's actually uh, up uh, Generation X. <laughs> the kids. These are my kids. Listen, oh, I'm talking God. to a younger audience, man. Oh, man. That's why I'm talking about, you know, being Groovy, hip man. with some of the bands. Uh, Smashing Dumplings, Nervosa. Bands like this. Not the square bands. Not the square bands, <laughs> but the hip bands that the kids are into. And, and part of that's not being a slave to the uptight man by uh, choking one's collar off by, uh, you know, buttoning it all the way up like some kind of square priest or something, you know? 
You can't yeah. make the scene unless uh, the hair on the chest can one breathe. further and just do another one and do another one? Because I don't really want to cause. Uh, because I don't want a riot to break out, oh, sister. Yeah. sister. Okay, I'd be uh, I'd be a dry hump by thousand black chicks if I did that on the Keenan show. Like oh yes. <laughs> well, it's a predominantly black audience. What's wrong with that comment, Drew? trying to think of what that Mike Myers character was. <laughs> Forget about it, Drew. Drew, your job is just to stop the show. Don't don't take I just it. Did it. Don't try I? to do more than it. that. I, I know. I'm saying, don't try to do more. Don't try to kickstart again. All right, what the f are we talking about? Let's get oh, to some calls. No, no. Here's what I want to ask Marcy Playground. So you know, K Rock does a big acoustic Christmas Christmas show. They do it every year, and uh, they've sort of been doing it for a while. And they do one of the bigger shows around. And I think basically the rule or the deal they have with the bands that are on it is they threaten them. They tell them, hey, you got to come on the show, we'll stop playing your records. I think that's what goes on. Does that sound about right, Drew? Yeah. Okay. Sometimes. Drew's getting nervous. <laughs> is that what goes on in these things? No, I thought no. that's the way the business worked. Don't people threaten you? I, it, Can you talk about it? I, you know, we don't really know because we don't deal with the whole business side of it. We uh -huh. just go and we play. Good answer. Yeah, to tell you the truth. That's good. Yeah. Okay. So they threaten your management. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know what I'm sure. They, they threaten the radio promo yeah, that are labeled. Uh, listen, it, uh, I don't. Uh, it's part of the game. They, yeah. You know, a big, big time, ra big time radio station plays a song over and over. Uh, I, then in turn, uh, other stations then pick up on that and play the song. Meanwhile, the band sells millions of records and uh, makes a ton of money. And then uh, or not. Then the time comes around for them to say, eh, "How about coming and playing the uh, Christmas gig?" Well, yeah, but we, I mean, actually, we've been doing quite well on on K Rock, and we're actually not doing the Christmas. They don't want us to, though. Yeah, so, yeah, what I mean, is that? But I mean, I it's just know. number one. We'd love so. to do it for them. I just don't think they want us. <laughs> they don't want us. I don't know. That's for that's for other people to well, work out. They should uh, strike while the iron's hot. But anyway, you're going to play a bunch of a uh, bunch of these other things, and yeah. they're mm -hmm. probably going to be on a bunch of stations that we're on, although we don't know it. <laughs> and we don't want to embarrass any affiliates by having them going. Uh, uh, we're going to play in uh, Missouri, and we go. Oh, we're not. Uh, oh, we are. Oh, and we're on in Missouri. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, we knew that. S Star, you're 17. Huh? Star. Yeah. What's going on? Nothing. Okay. Well, that's uh, enough that's out of you. <laughs> we always want something going on, Jennifer. Hi. Hey, 22. Yeah. Um. I kind of wanted your opinion on a current situation that's going on, but it goes back about eight years. Well, I want to show Anne a little more of the, well, you know, what uh, what's hiding underneath the chest <laughs> there, there. You guys talk for a second. All right, Anne, get a gander at this. And tell me if this is a, a big problem for you. Anne, look. <laughs> that's bad. What is bad about it? You know what? It wouldn't be bad if you had a tan. It's so white. Oh, come on. I'm like as bad as this. This is fine. Jennifer. You have a nice body. Just well, a no, color. Not, you got white nice, skin and black hair. Yeah. And my piercing blue eyes, it's, it's an amazing color. You have blue eyes? No. He's tall, pale, I, and handsome. I'm like, I've worked with you every night in. for how many years? I have no idea what color your eyes are. All right, I'll go out and get a tan, Anne. Yeah. Okay. Jennifer? So you can be yeah. nice to me. What's going on? She's only nice to tan um, people. About eight years ago, um, I met these two guys. One's name is Ryan and another one is Earl. And they knew each other because their families were friends. And I started to date Earl. And it was pretty much a disastrous relationship. I was really emotionally unstable. And 
He was real abusive. He raped me. When you were 14? What was that? You were 14 at the time? I was actually 15. Okay. So, um, How old was he? 18. Mm-hmm. And anyway, um, he's just a real angry person, and he would do things like ruminate, just sit at home and ruminate about where I might be, what I might be mm-hmm. doing. And that Hold really on, uh, Drew, a uh, mental note, uh, note to yourself, uh, never let the daughter date someone named Earl. Got it. <laughs> be nothing but trouble. Emblazoned. Uh, or Roy. But, All right, uh, go ahead, Jennifer. He, w- he would just sit at home and ruminate about what I was doing and where I was and, and just be positive that I was out cheating on him or, mm-hmm. or doing other things. All right. And that would cause Why me. did you get involved with this guy? Um, What's up with you? I know you're only 15 well, and all that, but yeah, I mean, I why <laughs> why get involved with uh, Uncle Earl? Yeah, well, you guys can make bets after I tell my story. Okay. <laughs> all right, so but, we... Um, but anyway... Um, so you were abused by your parents. You guys can make bets after I tell my story. <laughs> but wait, let me tell my story. Um, so you, anyway... You want to tell your story, Jennifer? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so this was eight years ago, <laughs> and the relationship ended. And for the last three years, I've been dating Ryan. And when I started dating Ryan three years ago, he still had contact with Earl, and he would tell me that Earl still talks about me and says how he wishes we were together, and... He doesn't. Well, I've got to give me a second help and a raping. Yeah, yeah he just he can't deal with yeah. the loss. He can't deal with the injury to his sense of himself. And uh, it just, look, it's just a total dysfunction. It's just a well, mess. He, and it's consistent right, with the kind of people that perpetrate this kind of There's got to be some kind of, kind of, of payoff here. What, well, I, let, let me tell you a little bit more about Earl. Besides, he ruminates. He's abusive. He's real impulsive. He's angry. Oh, he's angry. He Imagine misses, that. Hold the phone. He misses social cues. He's got boundary problems. I, I think uh, he's got low IQ. One time, um, she was at a um, Arby's with him, and um, he reached for a uh, salad fork when he should have been using his dinner fork. Oh, no. So <laughs> Um, yeah, all right, the guy's an idiot. We get it. Okay. This guy is an asshole. Thank you, uh, Drew. He he does things this Yeah. Heard. Uh, hold on, let me see if I can get a, a, a clearer read. I'm picturing kind of a Tony Randall type yeah. guy, uh, <laughs> based on Jennifer's description. Uh, what about you, Drew? Uh, yeah. Yeah. With Ascot. And, Ascot, and, yeah. Yeah, a <laughs> guy... Guy who uh, kind of quotes a lot yes. of uh, like Oscar Wilde and yes. that kind of stuff. Yes, uh, very. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm. That's, I'm, I'm kind of big. That guy, guy drinks his tea with his pinky, hanging out. Uh, Jennifer, were we right about this, Earl? Uh, no. Oh, not not that kind of guy. No. Mm. Um. Kind of a Richard Simmons kind no. of guy. Is that the kind uh, of guy? He is no. Like hmm. auto mechanic. Oh, mechanic. <laughs> Huh, no, he's that's that's the uh-huh. Jennifer. What is your what is your question? All right, now. Okay, well, anyway, um, Ryan really tries to avoid contact with him, and he, and he's well aware of my past relationship with Earl and what went on. Oh boy. And um, he, I mean, he sees these things in, in Earl, and he doesn't want to be friends with him. What is your um, question? Well, he Earl still makes contact. You know, I'm starting to think this Earl was an okay guy. <laughs> I know so it's a horrible thing to say, but uh, I'm, I, I swear I want to come over there and whack you one, uh, Jennifer. What I can't is your believe question? This. Okay. What, is, what your is your effing Earl? question? Okay, Earl called Ryan up at work the other day, and Ryan finally told him that we've been together. And Earl got real angry, and basically 
was was just real angry with him, and, and at the end he said, well, just remember who had her first. And Ryan said, well, you didn't have her. You took her. And Jennifer? now we're a bit worried about what, you know, should, should I be concerned? I mean, he has stalking behaviors. Uh, if anything at all, call the police. That's uh, that's all you can do. And, Is there and anything? Protect and give him the uh, bridge story about Earl, please. Get some self-defense classes, maybe, and get some uh, uh, pepper, pepper spray, spray or whatever you guys have in your state. And uh, protect yourself. Do not take it lightly, this guy. You know he is uh, capable of violence, and uh, he clearly is a terribly disturbed person and will have some problems right. dealing with the loss, protect it to a friend, and just don't take anything for granted. So, Jennifer, what did your parents do to you? <laughs> Are you going to do bad? No, no just time. tell us. Okay. Well, they were both alcoholic mm -hmm. and abused me. Physically? Uh, not, yeah, but Mostly. not as much as they did, just emotionally. Okay. All right, listen. Uh, forget about Earl. If he calls again and has any contact, call the, uh, call the cops. And, and tell your boyfriend to not contact uh, Earl the Pearl either. All right? He doesn't. Good. All right. See, you know, it's funny about Jennifer. Here she got involved with this horrible guy, but there was a part of her that you could tell that loved the whole drama of yeah. the whole situation. Yeah, she was not going to rest until yeah. we heard every gory detail about Earl the a-hole. Right. And we talked to a-holes all night long, <laughs> and, you know, okay, the guy raped you when you're 15. That, we enough. got it. He's we an a-hole. We, we get it. Yeah, but he uh, yeah, he uses the F word a lot, yeah, and uh, sometimes he wears slippers uh, when he should have put on <laughs> shoes. Yeah, okay, we, we get it. And he drives a pickup truck, yeah, okay, that sounds about right. <laughs> okay, anyway, uh, parents, please, uh, leave your damn kids alone. Or don't have them. Stop em. smacking them around. Uh, yeah, or don't have them. If, if you don't want to give up the booze and you don't want to put down the belt, and you don't want to stop um, uh, verbally assaulting your kids. Don't have the goddamn kids, please. Now I got to walk around and clean up everyone's mess. I'll look after Earl and uh, Sarah over here, and everything's a mess. And God knows they're going to have kids in the next week. No oh boy. All right. Uh, cleaning up the nation uh, through good, tough love and abuse and comedy, one screwed up teenager at a time. That's our motto. Here's Loveline before deworming. <laughs> Here's Loveline after getting fixed. Here's Loveline chewing out its stitches. Here's Loveline dragging its butt across the carpet. Bad Loveline. Bad Loveline. Loveline has been bad, and we'll be right back. Hey, I'm two-time survivor Rob Sesternino and host of Rob Has a Podcast right here on Podcast One. I'm breaking down what just happened on reality TV competitions like Survivor, Big Brother, The Amazing Race, and more. We're talking with all your favorite players and interviewing the new contestants after they get eliminated about just how badly they screwed everything up. So come on over and talk about reality TV with me on Rob Has a Podcast in the TV and film section here on Podcast One anytime or at least until they vote me out. All right, it is Loveline. I want to thank uh, the boys from the Marcy Playground for coming in tonight. It Thanks, was, you guys. Uh, certainly yeah, a pleasure. Thank you for having Bill me. Bill and John, a very interesting show. I had a good time. Yeah. 
Actually, it had peaks and valleys. Uh, Drew, you all right? I'm out of here. I'll be back on Monday. And you're going to miss Joey Lawrence. I know. I'm devastated. Let's see how, let's see how Joey wears his shirt, by and the way. The NXS show on Thanksgiving. Right. Okay. What? Uh, no. It's a replay. <laughs> Sorry. Drew, you got to make that clear. Yeah. All right. Uh, so go out and get the Marcy Playground uh, CD. And until next time, this is Adam Crawford, Dr. Drew, saying mahalo. This has been Loveline. The opinions expressed herein are certainly opinions, that's for sure. If you'd like a written transcript of today's program, you probably should have written it down yourself. And if you did, we'd like a copy. Loveline producer Ann Wilkins. This broadcast was copyright 1997 Westwood One Entertainment. This music is MXPX on Tooth & Nail Records. Oh, stop dragging your butt across the carpet. Ah. This concludes another PodcastOne.com program.